G'day everybody, welcome back. It is episode two of the Motor Focus Model Podcast. I'm Aaron Noonan, my co-host is on the phone line, Dimitri Camino from Motor Focus. Hey Dim, we survived one episode, let's do another one. Yeah, we did, and uh, this time I'm hoping not to end up in a big pool of sweat. <laughs> What's there to be nervous about? It's just two friends talking about model cars and a bunch of people listening. What could go wrong? Yeah, yeah, very true. But, you know, I also want to thank the listeners uh, and the customers and the friends that have uh, given me some great feedback during the week and plenty of encouragement, so... We'll just keep rolling. Yeah, we will, and we are off and rolling. This is our second episode. It's the Motor Focus Model Podcast. It's for model car enthusiasts. We cover new releases, upcoming releases, industry news and issues, the second-hand market, and we'll have a chat to a range of people throughout the course of the year and a chance to answer your model-related questions. We've got a big bit of news, Dimitri. We're going to hold that up our sleeve, though. We've got to make Mm -hmm. people keep tuning in, but there is a major model announcement that we will reveal later in the show but can you give us give us a hint give us something what are we building towards in the back end of this episode i'm just gonna say group c okay it does narrow it down a little bit little bit not a great deal there were a lot of group c cars but we will cover that off later in the podcast and as you mentioned before amazing feedback from our first episode we've had a whole pile of comments and questions we will get to our q a very shortly but let's start with new releases uh what's out now that has been just released that is hold the market well we've got on pre-order we've been got the order forms from classic collectibles for a couple of cars we've got the holden hq monaro gdf in the glacier white and it's the four door so a lot of people collect the two door and uh but it's good to have a four-door amongst your collection as well. And another one in 118 scale from Classic Collectibles, 1973 VJ Series Charger, uh, the XL. So it's basically an RT Charger in the VJ clothing, and it's coming out in Sunfire Yellow. Ooh, nice. That'll get the Charger fans uh, up and about for a a new model. And, And last week on the pod we talked about trucks and uh, there's a Shell Tanker road train, I believe, that's coming out as well. Yeah, so along the uh, lines that Classics have been doing, uh, another Shell Tanker in in the road train, and you can get the extra trailer to make it a triple combination as well. You order them separately, but uh, they'll be released at the same time. So really cool one to um, to look forward to. Tell me too, I know there's a lot of fans uh, that listen to this podcast who love they're E.H. Holdens. Uh, I've got a special soft spot for them. My dad had a, an E.H. wagon. It was green. It had the cream roof. Uh, didn't have the uh, the curtains in the back or the, the – uh, what do you call them again? I'm having a mental blank here. What do you call those things that used to be uh, – The like Venetians. The Venetians. That's it. Uh, yeah. Th- thankfully didn't have those. Had a stinking hot 202 in it. Uh, but from Classic, there's an E.H. ute that's on the way too. Yes, correct. So any uh – time in the next couple of weeks we're going to see the very first Holden EH you know utility uh, that classics are doing so you know their their molds are generally really good so we're looking forward to that and this one will have the NASCO sort of GMH part logo on the side to um, just add a little bit of a difference there as well. Yeah very cool hey I noticed during the week too speaking of classic collectibles they announced uh, or the news came out that the the runner-up Red Bull HRT Commodore ZB from last year's Bathurst 1000 
uh, of Shane Van Gisbergen and Garth Tanner, the number 97 car in that retro, uh, I guess it was a bit of a 1971-style HDT livery. They're not going to make that because it hasn't met the minimum order numbers when the order forms were sent around to all the stockists. So that goes back to our discussion from episode one and if you haven't heard episode one jump on the motor focus website or on apple or spotify or google or wherever you hear your podcasts and that relates back to what we talked about last week isn't it where uh if the orders don't come in to begin with if there's not enough the model car just doesn't get made so if you sit on your hands now it's not a good idea yeah correct unfortunately it didn't get the numbers to um to launch so uh classics have had to cancel that one it's a shame. It's a significant car being a podium, but, uh, you know, it is what it is. The good news is, though, that the Triple Eight car, the Jamie Winkup Craig Lowndes car, in that same livery, uh, that will be made, and it will be made in all three scales. So I guess the Lowndes factor is a pretty big part of that. He's a big name of the sport, and we touched on it last week with the news about his Bathurst 12-hour Porsche being uh, announced. Uh, a Lowndes car will always give it that bit of an extra push, and clearly uh, there's probably a bit of that in, in the fact that that car's being made and the, the runner-up car isn't. Yeah, certainly is the case uh, when you combine Craig Lowndes with Bathurst, special livery, and um, so that one is definitely getting made, as you said, in all three scales, and we expect that before the end of the month as well. Okay, look forward to that. Bit of news too in our news segment here. Uh, from Authentic Collectibles. We'll stay on the supercars theme at the moment. And there's been an update during the week from the Perth-based company on their 118th scale Mustang supercars. I know there's a lot of fans of the teams of Shell V-Power Racing Team and Tickford Racing who are really keen to get their hands on the models of those Mustangs from the 2019 season. Uh, What was the snapshot and what was the update that they've given this week? Yeah, so they've finally got their uh, what they call the first shot sample. So it's just produced in the Zamek, you know, the plain colour. They've also shown the two different rear wing variants. So if they do a start of the season uh, Mustang, it will be correct as opposed to when they got their little wings clipped and all that sort of jazz. So just allows for more accuracy, which is a great thing. Um, So there's a few minor changes and corrections to be done on, on what's been presented by the factory to Authentics, but they're hoping that uh, if everything can continue along the path, we should have them arriving before the end of the year. It's been a long road. I know that they've been working really hard and been caught out with some of the scenarios. Obviously, in in China, it's difficult with manufacturing and COVID-19's added a whole other layer to that. So they've certainly been working away and doing what they can on uh, getting those models to the point where they can be in collectors' shelves and on their shelves and in their hands. Uh, now, it's 118th that I believe will be the first priority there for the production of those Mustangs and then the 43rds and the 112ths they'll follow later on. Is that right? Yeah, correct. They, uh, I always try and do the 118th scale first because that's where the biggest volume is and the most collectors, but they certainly will have um, you know, the cogs turning in the background for the other two scales as well. And there's a range of Mustangs that you could produce from last year. Obviously, there's a Bathurst winning car in terms of Scott McLaughlin and Alex Premer, Scott McLaughlin's championship winner, uh, the modified Gold Coast 600 Scott McLaughlin car. doesn't come with wheels or any other componentry. <laughs> it sits on the ground. Uh, then, of course, you've got all the Tickford liveries. You've got Will Davison's Milwaukee car. There's retro liveries. There's um, 
Tom Randall's one-off car. Remember that he drove at the bend in the uh, Scandia car with the V8 Sleuth sticker on the car, by the way. So there's a whole pile of Mustang variants that uh, will come online. And then, of course, creating the 2020 Mustangs would flow on from that once that mould is all sorted and they've got the 19 cars done and dusted. So good news there. Uh, there is a bit of time, obviously, to wait, but all good things take time. Uh, Dimitri, our mailbag in episode one was empty because it was episode one. We didn't have time to tell everyone beforehand to send us in lots of questions. Uh, yeah, funny that. Yeah, funny that. Uh, the mailbag is a little full for episode two. We've got some great questions here from a bunch of collectors, and I'm going to throw them at you because you're the man. You sure. are the man at Motor Focus in Queensland who knows the industry in and out. Uh, Mick Ball asked the question, He'd like to know if the rumours are true that Bianti are going to do the 1980 and the 1982 Bathurst 1000 winning Brock Commodores. He says also the other rumour going around, I'm not sure where he hangs out and gets his rumours from, uh, but the classic, classic collectibles that is, are going to do the 68 Bathurst winning McPhee, Mulholland, Monaro and all three of the 69 HDT Bathurst Monaros. He says, thanks, really enjoyed the podcast, keep them coming. So, because he was a nice guy, we'll answer his question. Uh, any truth in any of this as far as you know? Well, I'm not sure where Mick's been hanging out either, but I'd like to know. <laughs> uh, look, I'm not aware of those rumours. Uh, it's always been understood that, you know, Bianchi will eventually do their versions of those two Bathurst winners. So, but nothing in concrete as yet. It's also possible that Classics will eventually do, you know, a HTGK Monaro so they can produce some of the more uh, special Monaros of the day and, and also road versions as well. But I can't confirm any of that at this point in time. Okay, we'll keep our ears peeled down the track. Jeremy Wells asks, why is the effigy model so hard to find and expensive these days? Has anyone done a model of that Strike Me Pink late model Tirana concept that Holden released about 10 years ago? So two-part question there. Uh, the effigy, of course, was that amazing... Um, Holden Design built project that kind of took a uh, an FJ type era Holden FX Humpy Holden and sort of turned it into something modern and funky and and cool. Um, yeah, I, I guess why are they so hard to find? Is there just not many of them around? Well, as I sit here at my desk, I'm looking at one, and it's just such a pretty model. It, it was such a pretty car in real life. You know, Holden Design did it superb job of that car and classics certainly did it justice in model form so that's why it's hard to find uh, people that have got it don't want to let one go and uh you know these days if you do find one you may have to pay around 700 dollars. but i will just say just be a little careful when you are buying one there has been a few paint blemishes sort of appearing on on the model some are spotless, and then some can be a little bit ordinary. Uh, from a distance, they'll still look good in a cabinet, but up close, you certainly will notice it. So that's just something to keep an eye out for. Okay. Now, what, the second... Yeah, sorry? I was going to say, what about the second part? I remember that, was it pink, wasn't it? That concept Tirana of about yeah. 10 or so years ago. That was cool. Holden wheeled out some really funky stuff over the years, particularly at motor shows in, in, in the past. Yeah. So it's never been done by anyone in any scale. We would certainly like to see it be made, but it's just a tricky one because being a one-off car, you know, they can't make variations. So to do a one-off like the Effigy, you've got to really get big numbers. And 
Well, I don't know. So if someone's brave enough out there, we, we would love to see them put an order form out and let's see what we can rummage up for them. Okay. You always got to live in hope on these things, don't you? You've got to be, got to be positive. Yeah. You never know what you could uh, come up with. Yeah. Rob Kingston's next, and his question relates, uh, Dimitri, to Code 3s. Now, uh, for those who don't understand what Code 3s are, and I think most of the listeners to this podcast will, in essence, it's making a model car that hasn't been made before by changing the stickers and the livery and turn, so, sort of creating a version that hasn't been created before. His question is, how do model shops feel about this compared to how collectors feel about them? Now, Bathurst winners resale market value compared to championship winners. Um, being championships, they're so much harder to win compared to a single race. So should the model respect that? Uh, there's a whole pile of questions here, so I'll probably limit it and we'll just start with the how do model shops feel about Code 3s. I, I, st- I got a bit carried away there reading out all the questions in one go. <laughs> no problem. So Code 3s, I love them because they certainly fill important gaps in collections. You know, if there's a car that, you know, isn't going to be made that, you know, 10 people want or one people want it in their collection, well, they can get someone to what we call Code 3 and uh, fill that gap. So there's a few guys getting around Australia that do really cool Code 3s and um, if anyone needs to get in contact with them, they certainly can... Uh, let us know and we can put you into contact with them. Depending on what you need, uh, will possibly depend on who we sort of try and uh, line you up with. Second part of the question was, uh, championships are so much harder to win compared to a single race being Bathurst, of course, but Bathurst is iconic. Uh, resale market value between Bathurst winners and championship winners. My personal feeling's always been a Bathurst winner if I could own the real car is far more important than a championship winner. Is that the same in, in 118th or 143rd or, or any smaller scarf for model car land? Yeah. Look, Bathurst winners have always been more valuable uh, than a championship win on the second-hand market. Uh, it's as simple for me. Is, um, it's about what means more to most collectors. Of course, championships are amazing to win and, and have and celebrate, but I reckon if you ask most drivers that haven't won a championship or a Bathurst, what would you rather? And they're going to probably choose the Bathurst race. So it's just reflected in the models. And to me, that's why uh, Bathurst winners rank higher in models than the championship win. Third part of Rob's question, I guess he asked about Code 3s and he's got three questions here, so that all uh, lines up numerically. He said, why did Classic Collectibles models go to such cheap quality compared to when you look at models from other companies and and Punters are paying very similar prices. He says, love the podcast, can't wait to hear more. I think if you add a little line in saying that you love the podcast, that's a really good way uh, to get your question answered uh, on the Motor Focus Model <laughs> podcast. But uh, Classic Collectibles, though, they've gone to sealed bodies, haven't they? And, and that's probably dictating a, a bit of that scenario in terms of the price. Well, in 2013, the new generation cars hit the track. So retooling was required to bring out those new models. So Classic Collectibles did go to a sealed body and lesser detail than their previous models. So it was simply a business decision that they took designed to reduce that retail price. So currently, you know, they're about the 180 mark for a 180 scale. The anti-authentics are around 200, but we are going to see some price increases there in the near future. So comparably, yes, they are less of detail, but they are less to buy 
Now, I think the real debate debate is, you know, would Classics have sold more models if they had opening parts and more detail at a higher price? Now, that's a hard one. I won't try and answer that right now. That sounds like you're sitting on the fence. That's a very smart I am. call. Very smart call. No, no, no. That's the way to play it. There's always a reason behind everything. And uh, I guess, too, that's a scenario where all collectors are different and everybody's got their uh, – what's important to them? Uh, some collectors want uh, the best price that they can get. Other collectors want the best detail and others want to be somewhere in the middle. So you're never going to keep everybody happy. Uh, Dave Petty asks, hi, Dimitri. You should say hello. Say hello, Dave, Dimitri, by the way. G'day, Dave. There you go. Good man. Uh, can... I have met him, and uh, oh, he's a go. great New Zealander. Are there any of those around? Do they exist? Is there such a they thing? They certainly do. Okay. There's okay. heaps of them. Okay. That's good. As long as they buy model cars and collect model cars, we like them too. Uh, he's asked, can you share yours and your staff's all-time favourite die-cast model? His personal favourite is the 1.8 scale Icon Models uh, Track Red Ford Falcon GDHO Phase three. So that's his. What's yours? Well, I really like his model, his favourite model, the Perb. Well, let's start with Lisa. I I had to ask these guys uh, what what their favourite model was. And Lisa, well, she just adores Mustangs, and she has her very own 1966 Beast getting a full resto. So it's no surprise it's going to be a Mustang, and it's the Pete Gagan's 1965 uh, Mustang with the red and white, sorry, red and blue stripes. It always stood out to Lisa when she was growing up, and uh, when she finally got the model, it was the pinnacle of her collection. So Classic Collectibles made that model way back in 2002, and I think it's arguably one of the best detailed models of any Australian model done. Now, Terry, old Tezza, well, he really digs the street machine models that Bianchi and Classic Collectibles have been doing, and... His favourite one is the HT Monaro called Inferno, and it's that beautiful metallic orange colour. For me, hard choice, but if I said uh, which model would I never want to let go, I think it would be the 2006 Bathurst winner. Watching that day, the emotion of that win, uh, combined with the quality of that model that Classic Collectibles produced, and uh, they included the Peter Brock trophy for the first time, uh, going with the with the real race, it's got to make it my favourite model, but only just. I'm sure there's a few others that contend in the all-time favourite list and we could be here for days going over what our uh, favourite I-would-not-sell models are from all of our collections. Uh, thank you, everybody, for the questions. Keep them flowing. Keep posting them to uh, the Motor Focus um, Facebook page and also via email. Uh, we will get through a range of them over the course of our upcoming episodes. This podcast is fortnightly, so uh, every two weeks they will come out. gives us time to prep more content, gives us time to research some answers to some questions and, of course, for all the various model manufacturers to announce more news and all sorts of bits and pieces that we can bring to you. Uh, we have some exclusive, new, exciting news coming very shortly. Stay around for that. But before we get on to that, I wanted to cover off in our secondhand market segment, Dimitri. Uh, I wanted to look at Alan Moffat's Bathurst winning Falcons. I mean, four-time winner of the great race. He's a legend of the sport, uh, multiple Australian touring car champion. I mean, his reputation and resume everybody knows but I wanted to focus on his first two Bathurst wins because he had the amazing 
record that he won Bathurst in just his second attempt and he won it again in his third. So he was two from three uh, in his first three starts from 69, 70 and 71. So looking at those cars, I mean, 1970, Dimitri, was the uh, phase two XWGDHO Ford Falcon. Uh, muscle car of muscle cars. It really uh, took the original GDHO and made it even better. Moffat driving for the Ford factory team ended up winning that race, his first of uh, four wins in the 70s for Ford at Mount Panorama. Uh, that 1970 model, it's been around for a fair while now and there was plenty of them produced, but it's one that's very special to Moffat fans. If you're a Moffat collector or a Bathurst wins collector, it's a must-have. Well, we've got to go a long way back to um, talk about its release date in 2000. And they made 6,000 production run. It was actually the first Alan Moffat collection released by Bianchi. It was, like you say, it was Moffat's first back, uh, Bathurst victory. So I think it's pretty significant. Classic Collectibles uh, did their version in 2007 and also made 6,000. I think it was a... To me, it's a slightly better model, but in that seven years, you know, tooling became better, technology was better. But as far as collectability, I still probably value them around the same money at about $400. Uh, the Bianchi has the advantage of having a signed certificate uh, by Alan Moffat. Okay, so keep an eye, I guess, on the, uh, the secondhand markets and the Motor Focus website. You never know what might pop up. Uh, if that's a hole in, in your collection. What about the 71 car, the XY GDHO? That was the Phase 3 car that was even faster the next year. Moffat won the race again. Remember, that was in the period where uh, the drivers drove solo. They didn't have to have co-drivers, and pretty much everybody who was a, a star, most of them all elected to drive the race solo, and that was a rule that would change in a couple of years after that. But uh, he went back up there in 71, got the job done, and that's a model that's been around even longer than the 1970 winning car. They did the 71 car at Bianchi, I remember, uh, a couple of years before that, didn't they? Correct, yeah. So the very first race car that was ever produced of an Australian car was Moffat's XY 1971 Bathurst winner, and that was back in 1998. They made 6,000 of them, but it was not actually part of the Alan Moffat collection. It was after they released that model, they thought, hey, why don't we do a whole range? So technically, it's not in the Alan Moffat collection, but, you know, we obviously put it there. It was released in the window box by Bianchi, and uh, if you've still got one all intact, you're doing pretty well. They, the window seemed to want to fall out of the, the packaging, but that's okay. It can be glued back in. Uh, Value-wise, that model, the original one, you know, it was up to $1,500 back in its day. Uh, it sort of settled back around 1000 but... When Classics released their version in 2006, uh, they made 6,500 of them, and uh, it probably brought the, the value down of both, and somewhere around the $500 mark is, is, a, is a fair price, I think, for either of those two cars. Again, Bianchi has the signed certificate. How much difference do you think, or is it really a collector uh, personal preference on the, the certificate and, and the signature of the, the driver that drove the car? I, I always find it's a... It's a great handy addition, but I guess there's some collectors who the car is, is the focus for them and the, the certificate yeah. or the signatures, it's a nice bonus extra, but it's not a must-have. Yeah, that's right. It, it is a bit of a personal preference. Uh, some people, we, we definitely get requesting they want the Bianchi version, and some people are happy to 
take the classic collectible version with a little bit more detail, but without the sign certificate. And no doubt these two GDHO Falcons and the, the variants of them from the two different companies are pretty highly sought after. Historically, they're, they're very significant factory Ford cars, Alan Moffat Bathurst winning cars, and uh, yeah, as we say, the 1970 Bathurst winner secondhand, you're probably looking at about $400 for either of the brands, Bianchi or Classic, and for the 71 winning Moffat Falcon, you're probably looking at about $500 for the two versions as well. So one to keep an eye on for that secondhand collection. If you've got a whole... Uh, and you're looking for a, one of them to fill a Moffat collection or a Bathurst winner collection, they are still definitely out there, but you might have to get your skates on and go and find them. Hey, Dimitri, other great thing is with Motor Focus, uh, you've got a newsletter at a bit of a club that you've got going that uh, you can join up to the newsletter. There's a Motor Focus club where you've got some cool discounts on offer, and uh, you can join the newsletter list on the front page of your website, motorfocus.com.au. It's just under the rotating images in the yellow bar. And the Collectors Club on the website, you go to the website, you click on the tab at the top menu, fill out the basic info, um, you'll get subscribed to the newsletter there, uh, but you also get a discount on purchases. The newsletter's out on email every week, tells you of all the new model announcements and what's been released and special offers and some YouTube clips that you've done as well. Uh, But for a collector to join the Collectors Club, there's a discount on offer. We love a discount. What is it? Correct. Well, we offer a 5% discount on all your purchases. Oh, hello. And have I yeah, joined, so, by the way? Have I joined? Well, I think you have. Am I eligible? You are. Oh, good. Sounds good. Yeah. Everyone's eligible. <laughs> Lock it in. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, the newsletter is totally designed to, to speed up the process of getting the information out for people. Uh, it's all got links. You just click on things that you see that you like, and it'll take you to the website, and you can certainly put your order in from there. Sounds good. Uh, Motorfocus.com.au is the place to go to not only sign up to the newsletter but also see the the latest releases, special offers and the like on on your side too. But I don't have a drum roll machine here in the studio as we record this today. So um, just imagine the drum roll because it's time for our big news. Uh, This is fantastic news. Uh, I'll get it started and you put the detail in. Authentic Collectibles will be producing the Group C Nissan Bluebird Turbo, the 1984 Bathurst 1000 pole position car as driven to that amazing pole, that 2 minute 13.85 second lap by the great George Fury in the glory days of Group C, the end of Group C, 1984. That is exciting. Uh, What are the further details behind seeing this Bluebird? Because we've never seen a Group C Bluebird uh, in modern times as a model car. Yeah, really excited about this one. You know, uh, there's a lot of Group C uh, beasts made and, you know, things like the Commodores, the Falcons, the RX-7, and now we're going to have the Bluebird. So Authentic Collectibles will be producing this one in 118th scale as a sealed body resin model. And I've seen a sample pick and it looks spectacular and really accurate. So can't wait for that one to even, uh, we'll get that up for pre-order pretty soon and the recommended retail price for that one is going to be $230. Okay. So newsletters, yeah, that, that's going to be our first point of, of announcing that you can order it with us, but certainly keep an eye on our website as well. And keep an eye on uh, your social media as well, Facebook as well, to make sure that you're yeah. fast and get on the money there and, and don't miss out. We'll have it everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> 
It's the only way to be these days. It's the only way to be. Hey, we're nearly out of time. Episode two of the Motor Focus Model Podcast. Uh, if you've got further questions for our Q&A, uh, send them in to the Motor Focus Facebook page or via motorfocus.com.au on the email address there. We'll answer the best questions in upcoming episodes. I've got a funny feeling we are going to have more and more questions and taking up more and more uh, time in our show. So we'll expand the show if we've got more questions to get through. Of course, you can visit Motor Focus in-store, Unit 9, number one Stockwell Place in Archerfield, Queensland, or shop online at motorfocus.com.au. $10 flat rate delivery no matter where you are in Australia. Two episodes down, another one to come in a fortnight's time. Make sure you tune in every fortnight. We're going live on Thursdays. Make sure you subscribe via your favourite place to listen to your podcast so you don't miss an episode. We'll chat again soon. And, uh, Dimitri, can't wait to see that bluebird. Always plenty of news, and we've had an amazing uh, start to our series. So thank you again, my friend. Uh, hope no you've enjoyed all, it. Man. Dropped an exclusive yeah. in there as well and a fresh bit of news, which is always handy as well. You're the news breaker of model cars. You've set the bar very high, mate, so you're going to have to keep hitting it every thank week. You. Appreciate that, and uh, thanks to the listen- listeners, and thanks to you, Aaron. My pleasure. We will see you in a fortnight's time for Episode 3 of the Motor Focus Model Podcast.